Insert comedic scene here. Oh, we don't have one? We don't have a comedic scene for this part? We don't have a, a bookend? There's no part one here? Not gonna... Not gonna... Not gonna stick stuff in here? I, oh, okay. Okay, I'll just uh, have the, the voice actors and the band go home then, I guess. Uh, Alright. Uh, sorry, guys. We're not uh, doing that kind of episode today, apparently. Uh, Alright. Alright, well, uh, then... uh, Yeah, okay. I guess we should all do lunch. Alright. Welcome to the show. Alright, so here's the deal. At the time of this recording, Ruben does not feel well. Ruben has a bit of a head cold, been driving him bonkers. Oh my god, I'm talking... I need to stop talking in third person. Alright, the point is I'm okay, but I have no energy, and I'm falling behind on everything I need to do. And if I let, and if I fall behind on this, I'll be falling behind on myself. And I'm not cool with that. So here it is. My episode for Friday. Well, nah, it doesn't matter. Most of you probably won't listen to it on that day anyways. Alright, but today's episode is very simple. I don't even know how long it'll last. Maybe it'll be shorter than, than normal. But today's episode is simply titled, People Who Are Not Your Friend. I have compiled a list in no particular order of people and institutions that are not your friend. So here we go. List of people and things that are not your friend in no particular order. Churches are not your friend. Churches serve a societal function, and that societal function may be something that benefits you personally. And if that's true, then cool. Good for you. Continue to enjoy churches and choose it and the religion of your choice. But try to remember this. Historically, we have been numerous points throughout history where churches or temples or religious factions were essentially the de facto governments. Which means that essentially once a church becomes enough power, they will have all the influence and responsibilities of governments. And this, will, this would of course have both positive and negative effects on religion and society. Now, history is full of different things in different ways that when churches ran things, things were better or worse. An example, of course, would be is that when uh, the churches were at one point in fairly heavy power, they created something called the almshouses. And the almshouses were essentially a, essentially a way to make sure that the poor, impoverished, and disabled of the world had a place to go and live and sometimes even live productively. However, uh, later on, various things would happen, and the church and the Catholics would be pushed out, and those churches would be shut down, and the almshouses would go goodbye, and it would fall on the society to deal with poor people and the, the, the uh, physically disabled. And uh, that sucks. That was a thing the church actually did that was good. That, doesn't, that still that wouldn't make the church your friend, though. Because, you see, here's the other thing. Churches have also historically, like I said, been the governments. And that comes with everything that is both good and bad with that. Yes, they created almshouses to help people. But, you know, they also did things like the crusade. Religion was also used to do things like the crusades. 
the Inquisition. It, it goes on and on. And these types of behaviors are only prominent in religions when we give religion the same authority over us as a government or a king. Thereby, yeah, church and religion I have nothing against personally. But you do need to be aware of when act interacting with churches and these things that sometimes your churches are run for power. And that's not necessarily going to benefit you. Also, some churches are creepy as fuck. I'm looking at you, mega churches, you goddamn weirdos. Okay, so I'm just going to go on a tiny tangent here about fucking mega churches for a moment. Uh, <clears throat> so, like, here's the thing. I'm used to, like, and I've talked a little bit about this before, I feel, I'm used to more traditional religion. I was raised Catholic, which is traditionalist Christianity. And what do I mean by traditionalist? I'm not talking about necessarily like the overall thing. What I mean is that the way they handle the teachings of Christ is traditionalist. You go there, there is a, there is a very relaxed, not, well, not really relaxed, what I mean is low, level, low energy level uh, church service. And my church lasted an hour. And that's fairly typical for Catholics, although I have heard some weird fringe churches in Catholics that, rest a really long time which is weird to me uh since yeah i'm used to the one hour church that catholics do but the point is this <clears throat> so in traditionalist churches they're very calm more relaxed uh sermons and pieces of music uh, one might almost say uh boring uh <laughs> low energy Dull, maybe. Lack of general excitement. And with a higher level of list keenly listening to lessons and sort of community plus, you know, sitting in silent self-reflection. This is opposed to what is done as megachurches. And what is done at megachurches, and I say this as a practitioner of theater, what they do at megachurches is fucking theater, okay? All right? What you're not aware of because you're being curtailed into this... What they do at megachurches is literally the opposite of what is done at traditional-type religious ceremonies, like for Christians or Buddhists or whatever, where there's this high level of influence on self-reflection and that silent reverence. No. Megachurches are theater. There's a person getting up there. There's, there's rock bands. There's fucking people doing tricks. It's a fucking theater show. They try to make it as big and bold and exciting as they can. Why? Because it gets you fucking high. And when it gets you fucking high, you think that you're having a religious experience because you have tons of dopamine and endorphins running through your head because you're at a church that's fucking fun. There are people, there are people doing laying on of hands and talking in tongues. It's fucking wild. Side note, ha handling of snakes and the, and, uh, Talking in tongues, largely traditionalist Christianity, views those as signs of witchcraft. Fun fact. Pentecostals, you are the witchiest Christians I've ever fucking seen. But that's unrelated to this, because Pentecostals normally have those, you know, like, those churches that uh, you, you think, like, 12 people go to, and you're worried they might also be cannibals. Uh, because they're that fucking rural. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm sure there are. Uh, no, I don't actually know anything. I know almost no... Pentecostals. I'll continue anyways. So churches 
not your friends, okay? Mega churches may be extra not your friends because they ask for a lot more money than regular churches, and regular churches already ask for a shit ton of money. And and also, like... I, no, you know, I should really do a deep dive into mega churches sometimes, so we'll save that. That's my general thought on churches who are not your friend, which is not to say that churches can't help you. It is not to say that churches couldn't give you services that you need. But also look out there, because a lot of churches discriminate. And you've got to find a cool church that's not going to discriminate against you based on your religious perspective or your sexual orientation or your gender identity. So if you want, so it can be tough to find cool churches. But so generally speaking, just remember, in general, churches, not your friend. Next person is not your friend. Elon Musk is not your friend. You don't, you don't need to come to Elon Musk's defense any one time anyone has any criticism of Elon Musk. Because here's the thing, and I assure you of this, some of that criticism is fucking legitimate. Okay? Elon Musk is not a humanitarian. Elon Musk may have a hero complex. Wouldn't be surprised by that. But over on Elon Musk is not your friend, okay? The man has laid out that his plan for poorer people to get to Mars is via indentured servitude. He won't use those words, but his literal statement is they can work off the debt on Mars. That's fucking slavery. Elon Musk literally wants to go to Mars so that he can do slavery on poor people. Yeah. Elon Musk is not your friend, okay? He's a man who sells blowtorches and calls them flamethrowers. He's a man who promises mega loops that are going to be super, super, like, efficient. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Single lane, single lane tunnels are not efficient. And if you think that sounds like efficiency, you're a fucking idiot. Okay? Elon Musk is not your friend. Elon Musk ha continues to overpromise and underdeliver. And once the other car companies start to develop electric cars, robbing Elon Musk of his sole place in the market as they make more affordable, more reliable, more, you know, not delayed cars, Elon Musk is going to be fucked in that market. That's probably part of the reason he wants to go to Mars. It's probably part of the reason he bought Twitter. And side note, Elon Musk did not buy Twitter because he gives a fuck about fucking free speech. No, Elon Musk bought Twitter because it's a huge virtue signal for him. Elon Musk bought Twitter because Elon Musk wants to be able to fuck around with a social media site. That's why he wants to buy and control Twitter because it will give him his own platform. Elon Musk, if you don't believe me, wait wait until he's got his full grip in it and then see how much Elon Musk censors criticism on Twitter of Elon Musk. I bet it happens. Why? Because why else would he buy it? Elon Musk is big tech. He understands why big tech does things the way big tech does. Elon Musk is just virtue signaling to you because he wants you to think he's your friend. And here's the thing. Elon Musk is not your friend. Next up on the list is Jordan fucking Peterson. Or, also, or as I refer to him, a, he, a man who sounds like Kermit the Frog after Kermit the Frog just lost a divorce to Miss Piggy. And she took everything.
Jordan Peterson is a whiny, complainy, pain in the ass who got famous because he essentially constructed a straw man against a, an addition to a law in Canada that already existed. And he proceeded to hype it up as a serious threat to society, even though it has had almost zero effect on society. He is constructing and telling a story about the emasculinity of men to try and sell his books to men who are in desperate need of direction in their lives. Because there's so much toxicity in them. And there's so much toxicity in society in general. And not to mention to to toxicity, but confusion and a general search for meaning. And Jordan Peterson thinks that he can sell you that meaning. Jordan Peterson is a grifter. Jordan Peterson is not your friend. Jordan Peterson is just telling you mumbo-jumbo that you think sounds good. Jordan Peterson has lots of ideas that are professionally and psychologically outdated. Jordan Peterson is an old white guy, and I'm going to tell you this, and this is important. The advancements in psychological like health and studying that has happened has... St- the changes that have been made to the way that psychological stuff gets run since he has been licensed is dramatic. Like, Jordan Peters, I don't know how old Jordan Peters actually is, but like, the thing you need to understand is that psychological health care and the care in our society of people with mental illness and disabilities was absolute dog shit into like the 80s into like the 80s if you are worried like a conspiracy theory i always hear is like oh the gays didn't really get cleared scientifically of being in in mental illness they they just used political power to get taken out of the dsm and which is an interesting conspiracy theory here however this is the thing This, this is an important thing first of all it's bold of you to assume there's that much science that goes into the dsm also at the time when homosexuals used political power to get removed from the DSM at that time, uh, I'd say all the power to to them. Because in the 70s, psychological health care was absolute garbage. We were fucking sterilizing people with disabilities into the 70s. Eugenics had a fucking tight grip on our society's mind in this regard. And they did it all the way up until like families, parents of people with disabilities and mental conditions started fighting back against the state and the, and the psychological community saying, no, we would not like you to take our child who has dyslexia and lock him in a building for the rest of his fucking life because that's what they used to do. There are so many conditions right now that people are living full, regular lives with that used to get you locked up in a fucking cage for the rest of your life, sometimes not even bothering to clothe you. Like, the conditions that people were treated to for having things like dyslexia, ADHD, autism. They used to call autism childhood schizophrenia, which, by the way, many psychiatrists now say is not a real condition at all. It's fucking maddening. And Jordan Peterson, 
Jordan Peterson, when he talks, he sounds like he hasn't fucking read a psychology book since that period of time. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe he got his degree in a period of enlightened psychological studies. But also, psychology is not a science. Uh, don't believe me? Go to a college. It's listed as a liberal art. Uh, I mean, sure, there's, sure, there's neuropsychology, which is technically science. But the main psychology that you are taught is based on theories that are not technically testable in a scientific way. Most of the studying and research that goes into psychology is not done the same way that scientific research is done. Because it can't be. Because you can't control group for mental illness. I can't just take... We, I'm getting off track here. The point is, Jordan Peterson is taking advantage of you because he sees that people are insecure in society, specifically men and young boys. And he's specifically trying to get inside their head and tell them what they need to feel better about themselves as men. And the thing about what Jordan Peterson is do is that there's going to be grains of truth in what he tells. But they're also going to be filtered through all the bullshit that Jordan Peterson believes. And what Jordan Peterson believes is a bunch of neo... is a bunch of tradcon bullshit. Traditional conservatist bullshit. And just some of the things he says are wildly unfounded and only based on his personal feelings. Jordan Peterson is not a guru, is not someone who can help you. Stay the fuck away from Jordan Peterson. Next up on the list, Tucker fucking Carlson. Tucker Carlson, what a complete fucking asshat. Tucker Carlson is not your friend. Tucker Carlson is one of two things. <laughs> Tucker Carlson is one of two... Like I said, Tucker Carlson is one of two things. Tucker Carlson is either a grifter who is directly playing into old white prejudices and people who are insecure about how white they are, or Tucker Carlson is a straight-up ethno-state white supremacist. And he's one or two of these things. It's possible he's the grifter. Some of his past behavior would indicate that he is a grifter because literally he gets on television and does the exact same things that he once upon a time declared as being the behavior of grifters. But now he engages in the exact same type of behavior, which is fascinating. But Tucker Carlson also at some point, you know, could have been white supremacy pilled by somebody and now he gets on on camera and talks about demographic change and i'm going to tell you this right now that's all you need to know that's all you need to know because if you're really worried about demographic changes then you're fucking racist that's that's it if you really believe that demographic changes are inherently the problem with society, you're racist. That's just code word for you're uncomfortable with the fact that you look around and see people who are different from you. Worrying about demographic shifts, like unless, like literally the only demographic shift that would matter, like that would really matter is if there were suddenly a, an absurd extra number of men to women, to where it affected our ability to reproduce as a society and as a species. That's the only demographic shift that would matter. Any other demographic shift is meaningless. 
unless you're trying to market things. But that's not really what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking here about here is that Tucker Carlson gets on television and starts obsessing over the shifts in demographics of the country, which is meaningless because this is fucking America. America is a country based on demographic shifts. Okay? Once upon a time, everyone in this goddamn country was a Native American Indian. And we came here, and we pushed those motherfuckers around, and we took their land, we gave them bad deals, and we fucked them over. And we made them pre predominant demographic wasps, white Anglo-Saxons. And then there proceeded to be additional people who would immigrate here from the Spaniards to the Irish to the Russians to the Germans to the Dutch and they would all come here to find their own little piece of America and we had numerous members of these demographics until later there was enough the white people all fucked each other enough that we were like ah we'll just call them all white people the nature of white people is actually a lot more complicated than that but that's the rundown the point is is that it is a part of America to shift demographics if I woke up tomorrow and found out that white people were no longer the primary demographic in America, you know what that would change for me? You know how worried I would be about that? I wouldn't. I would not. Because I wouldn't care. Because the demo because everything would probably function about the same. As long as everyone was buying into the idea that democracy is the way. Excuse me. As long as everyone who lives here believes in democracy, believes in freedom, believes in personal liberty, then I don't give a fuck. I do not give a fuck. As long as no one is an autocrat, as long as no one comes here and thinks, hey, we should do away with democracy and, and set up a monarchy or a co overreaching corporation or some other autocratic system, I don't care. I don't care. That's the one rule. You've got to believe in freedom and democracy. And if you believe in freedom and democracy, you are, should not be worried about demographics. So yeah, Tucker Carlson is not your friend. He's a man trying to feed you the equivalent of racism insecurity. He's trying to make you feel weird about other races. He's trying to make you feel weird about change. He's trying to make you buy his fucking snake oil. Tucker Carlson is not your fucking friend. He's a fucking weirdo who inherited a bunch of money and goes on television with a bow tie to talk racist bullshit to your grandpa. Fuck Tucker Carlson, or as I call him, fucker Carlson. Next up, Ayn Rand, or Ayn Rand, or whatever the fuck, is not your friend. And Ayn Rand would probably tell you that. Ayn Rand was a philosopher who created the concept of objectivism, which is a poorly defined concept, because objectivism simultaneously implies that there is no God, and yet morality is also inherent. And she never really elaborates on what that means, or at least never makes it clear. You see, because Ayn Rand is someone who will write a thousand-page straw man to convince you that People who are, in, who are already powerful and successful are powerful and successful for a reason, which is that they're better than you because they have ambition. In fact, she seems to equate ambition as the real important thing in humanity and, of course, the love of yourself, your ego. 
Ayn Rand is, of course, just another will-to-power fanatic. And one might wonder, now, I don't remember her ever saying anything specifically racist, but it is worth noting that she named a terrorist She named an, a radical activist character in her book Atlas Shrugged Ragnar, which is named after Ragnar Redbeard, who uh, created the cons, who wrote himself a philosophical treatise on how might makes right and was also a huge racist. But Ayn Rand is not your friend. Ayn Rand is someone who had a very reactionary response to trauma at a young age and built a whole philosophy around it that ignored actual details or realities of society and discredited the concept of context, but instead embraced a giant straw man that ignores how markets actually work and yet ironically became the favorite book of everyone who worships markets. It's a bizarre situation of a, of a woman who could write simple, easy-to-understand books about absolute bullshit. And what's most horrifying is that her books have probably influenced more fascists than actual believers in liberty. Because ultimately her books teach, even though she claims to be anti-state, her books ultimately teach the one positive of fascism. I shouldn't say it. that came out wrong. Her books teach the same quote-unquote positive as fascism does, which is that great men are great for a reason, and they should lead us. However, what makes people great is a nebulous concept, not clearly defined, probably measurable by, you know, if they're already great. Beautiful, Ayn Rand. Beautiful, you stupid bitch who died on Medicare and Medicaid because she died poor. How ironic. And she was forced to take handouts from the state. Next, next person who are not your friend, the police. The police. The police are not your friend. I know, I know. Your parents told you, hey, if you ever get lost, go to the police, they'll help you find us. And that might actually be true in some situations. However, this does not change the problem with the police as an institution, which is that we as a society have forgotten what their place in society is. They are the boot of the state. The police, say it with me, are the boot of the state. They exist to uphold the status quo of the state. You cannot be anti-government and pro-police. Those don't go together because the police are literally the long arm of the state. They exist by the will of the state. They exist to control and position and promote the will of the state. There may be good cops there may be bad cops, but at the end of the day, the thing you have to remember about the police is they are exist via the will of the state. They are the arm of the state. They are the boot of the state. And when the boot and when the state needs to put its boot on your neck, the people they will use are some form of the police. Because get this, all law enforcement are some branch of the government. All legal law enforcement are the boot of the capitalist state or whatever state you live in. 
you can say, oh, it, there's nothing more ironic than, than having seeing someone who has a bumper sticker that says, you can take this gun from my cold, dead fingers, but then also has one that says, but then also has a Blue Lives Matter flag. Because I have bad news for you. At the end of the day, if anyone was coming to take your guns, it would be them. If there was a nationwide gun ban where they came and took your actual guns, the people who would come wouldn't just be the ATF, because the ATF aren't big enough. They would send the police, and maybe the, maybe the state troopers, maybe the, maybe even the military. So remember that these people, the military, the state troopers, federal marshals, all the state, all the boot of the state, the DEA, the ATF, the CIA, all the state, they are the boot of the state. They may have purposes in society. They may even occasionally do things that help society or function well for the people. But you have to remember who they are and what their purpose in society is. Next up, salespeople. <clears throat> salespeople are not your friend. Salespeople are part of a addictive, narcissistic culture that trains them to think that they are helping you by taking your money. Salespeople see you in one of two ways. Either they're helping you by taking your money and making sure that you get a product, or they see you as a sucker who's buying a product they don't believe in. And ultimately, there's no real, the only real difference between these is how cynical that person is and how much they've bought into their own bullshit. You cannot trust salespeople because salespeople, salespeople will say whatever they think you want to hear to make you buy. And here's the, <laughs> I'm sorry, when I said that, I thought of it, them trying to make you bisexual. But I mean, B-U-Y, to make you buy their shit, which is why salespeople which is why in certain specific fields of sales, there are specific regulations about what people are allowed to say to you. Because if you don't make regulations about what salespeople are allowed to say to you, they will say whatever the fuck they think they can get away with. And even when there are rules, they will still fucking do that. Do not trust salespeople. They are not your friend, period. Which brings us to our next category, politicians who are just like salespeople. Politicians are not your friend. The only way to measure how trustworthy a politician is, is believe it or not, to check to see how consistent their beliefs are. Inconsistent beliefs equal not trustworthiness. For example, and I'm not saying that Bernie Sanders is your friend. He probably isn't. But Bernie Sanders' p political positions have remained consistent and progressive his entire career. However, another example, George H.W. Bush, I know he's not a politician right now, but he's a good example for this. Because you see, when George W. When George H. W. Bush ran against Reagan, he called Reagan's free market economics platform voodoo economics. It's basically accusing him of being nonsense and magic, which it is. However, the following Bush administrations followed the same type of market stuff. They bought into Reagan's bullshit. Marking their lack of consistency. Now, to be fair, to be fair, politicians often get a lot of heat for changing their mind, which is kind of bullshit also, because in fairness, we should also, it's important that people change their mind when they're wrong. And so we can't really penalize politicians for changing their mind occasionally. 
But when politicians appear to be saying whatever people want to hear, that's a problem. And politicians do it all the time. And you can tell because they create what I would refer to as performative legislation, legislation that doesn't do anything except rile up their base. You know, like saying that schools are, you know, grooming our children, which is bullshit. Or trying to blow other stories out of proportion for attention. Or, you know, bathroom bill. You know, bullshit legislation that's a bad idea and probably going to get voted down anyways, but they put it forward because they want people to think of them as the ones who tried to do it. Or the ones who put it in place. They're the ones protecting you. Yeah, whatever. They just want your vote. <clears throat> Which actually is kind of important. But at the same time, we need to hold them more accountable when they're full of shit. We'll talk more about this in a minute. Next up, celebrities. Celebrities. Celebrities are not your friend. Don't get me wrong, you could hypothetically meet a celebrity and make friends with them. You could hypothetically meet anyone on this list and make a genuine friendship with them. However, here's the more important thing to understand. Celebrities are people who are just part of the market as you are. Half of them are, some of them are artists who are just trying to use their celebrity to promote their work. And then others of them have just figured out how to turn themselves into a commodity to sell to society. Celebrities are not your heroes. They are not role models. They should not be anything that represents anything to you other than a limited judgment on how talented they are. And many of them are not talented. I guess you could justify it as how entertaining they are. But you should ask for more from your entertainment. You shouldn't just ask for it to be entertaining. You should also ask for it to be at least thought-provoking or maybe educational, you know, meet the bare minimum of the Greek requirements for theater. Our next person up on the list is all three of the last things I just said rolled into one. Trump is not your friend. Donald Trump is not your friend. Donald Trump is a rich-ass piece of shit who inherited his money from his racist daddy. Trump is a man who has gone through numerous bankrupts. Trump is a man who made a lot of his money by suing his partners when the businesses failed. Donald Trump is a man who once tried to sell steaks through sharper image because apparently, you know, he didn't think that that was insane. For those unfamiliar with sharper image, sharper image is a catalog from like the 90s and early 2000s. Actually, it's probably older than that. I don't know. That's just when I read it. But sharper image is basically, you know, a catalog full of weird, fun gadgets and gag gifts. But mostly it's like upscale Radio Shack in a in, mag in paper form. You know, normally selling back massagers and weird things that sit around your house and go beep boop. Yeah, well, he thought he could sell food through there, which is weird, because they didn't really do that. It wasn't really a market they were catering to. Maybe that was the pitch. Hey, we'll do this thing. And they'll be like, yeah, okay. And only to discover that, you know, the people who read Sharper Image uh, are like yuppies with too much money that they waste on things and are probably vegan. Whatever. But... I don't, whatever. The point is, Donald Trump is not your friend. Donald Trump is three of the things that you need to worry about as not being your friends. First of all, Trump is a celebrity. Trump literally got, Trump positioned himself to be a celebrity with, for no real artistic reason. He's been in movies. He's had guest appearances on numerous shows, including Saturday Night Live before they realized, before they decided to eviscerate him. Trump 
Trump, Trump is a man who looks at the world and sees only his own face. He's a man who is so wrapped up in narcissism and it's so obvious. It's so obvious from his behavior and his attitude that he is a narcissistic, borderline, senile old man. And he doesn't really care about you. How could he? How could he care about you? Donald Trump has spent his life partying and being rich. Donald Trump has spent his life getting, getting very middling grades through school. Donald Trump is a salesperson. Donald Trump became president based on his salesmanship. He would get out there and say what he thought the people wanted to hear. And to the horror of many Americans, many Americans wanted to hear his fucking shit. And the media is partly responsible for this because they thought it was a big joke. And surely the people of America would realize that this man was a huckster. But the problem is, is that you don't get to be a good huckster if you can't fucking trick some dumb yokels. And fucking idiots from, you know, yokels unfair. He fucking tricked people all over the goddamn country. Donald Trump is a New York East Coast elite who figured out how to market himself to the poor man on the street. He figured that his ability to have zero filter and not think about the things that he's... He took his lack of filter and inability to think about the things he was saying before he says them, and he put it out there in front as his strength. That was how you knew he was honest, except that's not really a sign of honesty. You see, because Donald Trump does lie constantly, because he's a salesperson. You have to understand that. Donald Trump is a salesperson. He always has been. He convinced Sharper Image to sell fucking steaks. Because he convinced them that his name would sell the steaks. Donald Trump is a man who sells books based on business, even though he's filed for bankruptcy an absurd amount of times. Donald Trump is a grifter. Donald Trump makes a huge portion of his money, or at least he did before people realized they hated him, on just licensing his name. A bunch of buildings that have Trump on them he doesn't even own. He just gets money from those buildings for having his name on them. Although I, I don't know how many of those buildings still have his name on him. The point is, Donald Trump is not your friend. Donald Trump is at worst a racist, narcissistic psychopath who just wanted to take this country for everything that it had and didn't care who he had to get in bed with to do it. At worst, uh, at worst, he's probably a, he's probably some type of deep cover agent for the for the Russian government. I have no evidence for that, but that is the worst case scenario. And when you compare it to the best case scenario, they're not. You know, it's, it's, it's both scenarios suck. Next up on the list, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is not your friend. Joe Biden is the middle-of-the-road centrist Democrat who has no real ambitions beyond just, you know, continuing the continuing weak Democratic policies. If Joe Biden were your friend, if Joe Biden cared about something besides the people who give him money to stay in power, Joe Biden would end student debt. If Joe Biden cared... Joe Biden would make sure everyone got Medicare for all. If Joe Biden 
gave a shit. He would be working hard to make sure that the future of Americans is not one of intense poverty due to debt. Joe Biden is not your friend. Joe Biden is just another politician. He's not the worst politician, but he's also not a great politician. Joe Biden is a man who is only president because in a field of old white racist guys, he looked pretty good standing next to that other old white racist guy. Let's be real. Did I vote for Joe Biden? Sure, I'll admit it. I voted for Joe Biden. But I'm not going to ever say I was happy about it. I'm not ever going to say that I felt like I made America great or better. No, I felt like I was putting my finger in a dam full of white supremacy that was coming at me no matter how many fingers I put in that goddamn dam. Because that's the problem. Joe Biden needs to start addressing the problems that America is in. Joe Biden needs to start taking some serious strength, some serious steps to making sure that people like me have a chance. And by that I mean poor people. But right now, I don't see that. Joe Biden is disappointing. Joe Biden is not good. Joe Biden is just better than. Donald Trump is like getting castrated. Joe Biden is like a friendly punch in the dick. You see, neither of those things are good. I, don't, I wouldn't enjoy either. But at least after Joe Biden, my dick still works. People who are not your friend. Ethnostatists. Holy shit. The fact that we even need to talk about this in this day and age is alarming. If you have a friend who genuinely believes that the, sol the, the solution to everybody's problems is just, you know, for all racial groups to live separately and keep to themselves, yeah, that person's fucking racist. There's, there's, A, there's, there's no basis for what they're saying. In fact, what they're describing to you is a long road to eventual incest and a narrowing of the gene pools. Ethnostaters are people who just don't want to get out of their comfort zone enough to work alongside or get to know people who aren't, you know, white, typically. I have, I have been informed that black nationalists uh, who want black separatists do exist, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take them down or anything. But uh, guys, seriously, you, you're just the other side of a coin here. You're you're helping the white ethno-state people's argument here. I don't have a lot more to say to that because honestly, the fact that ethno-staters are not your friend should be immediately apparent. And also, the thing with ethno-staters is how. How far will they ultimately go? Will there ever be a stop to the ethnostaters? Will the ethnostaters at some point let's start breaking up the different white people and say, hey, you know, maybe this should be the all wasp side of town, and that should be, you know, you Irish people. You Irish and Italians can go over there, and Italians will be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to live with the Irish. And then they'll be like, oh, wait, no, we're Catholic. Okay, you're right. Irish and Italians team up. The point is that if you don't understand what's wrong with the concept of ethnostates, it's because you're not thinking it through. You're thinking of something that seems simple to you, but it seems simple to you because you're racist. You should, I'm not saying that to make you feel bad about being racist. I'm saying that because you, you should actually try and follow the logical conclusions of your beliefs and understand that they are technically racist. Next people on the list who are not your friend, 
The Boogaloo Boys. Boogaloo Boys are not your friends. Boogaloo Boys are technically not really anyone's friends. Now, there's a lot of conflation going on. There are people who say, oh, the Boogaloo Boys are, are white supremacists. And there's other people who are like, no, the Boogaloo Boys are cool. They're, they're pro-Black Lives Matter. And I'm here to tell you that it's actually a lot more complicated than that. You see, the truth is the Boogaloo Boys are all sort of autonomous groups. They're like different little clubs of people who like to own guns and plan for the end of society. But at the end of the day, and this is the important part, whether your group of Boogaloo Boys are progressive or white supremacists doesn't really matter because all Boogaloo Boys are betting on the same thing. They're betting on the collapse of society. They are planning for and building their lives towards the collapse of society. They are betting on the failure of everything that makes our life livable now. They are betting against the progress of humanity. So before you get into the question of, oh, are the Boogaloo Boys white supremacists or not? And the answer is some of them are and some of them aren't. The bigger problem is Boogaloo Boys are betting against everyone who would not survive the collapse of society. They're betting on themselves, or essentially, they're betting on themselves being able to handle guns, being enough to propel and build the new society. You know, after everyone else has died. So the Boogaloo Boys, regardless of whether or not they're white supremacists or not, are not your friend, because they're not society's friend. They're a bunch of vultures waiting in the desert, watching society try and limp its way towards an oasis, and they're betting on society not making it to that oasis so they can come down and fucking eat it. PETA is not your friend. PETA is a complicated thing, more complicated than many people might like to believe, but at the end of the day, PETA is run by two people. Well, two types of people. People who believe that human beings and animals have lives have the same exact value, making the way that we treat animals akin to the Holocaust or slavery. And the other type of people in PETA are lawyers. And the problem with this is that one group of these people has a level of empathy that it's going to be hard for them to rationally communicate to a society that has been trained to eat and consume animals and use them for labor. And the other one, and the other side is lawyers, who no one likes, and are going to use a bunch of weird tricks to get points across. Also, they do own kill shelters. That's true. They own kill shelters. And that does feel hypocritical. Now, to be fair, there are lots of shelters in the world that are kill shelters that are not owned by PETA that we don't complain about. But it does feel weird that PETA would own them. PETA also does a lot of other weird shit that is sussy at best. And they pull a lot of dumb, dumb, dumb media stunts that honestly... Do you feel like PETA's media stunts work? Because it really feels like they go against them. It really does. It really, really does. Which brings us to the next people, group on our list who are not your friends. The Center for Consumer Freedom are not your friends. The Center for Consumer Freedom is a lobbyist group and a think tank uh, whose major goals is to, real, to roll back regulations on the food industry. That's their, well, not just the food industry. They're also anti-teachers unions, and they also hate the, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, 
uh, dang it, what is that other? The Humane Society. The Humane Society, oh, and PETA. By the way, the Consumer Center for Consumer Freedom are the people who created the site called PETAKillsAnimals.com uh, or whatever. Uh, and the truth about the Center for Consumer Freedom is, is that they don't care that PETA kills animals. They care that PETA, for all the fucked up bullshit that PETA does, is also still one of the main forces in America that fights towards animal rights in the system. Meaning that regulations are in place, some of them are because of things PETA did, which I don't like PETA, but I have to tip my hat to that. And I need you to start considering the fact that the Center for Consumer Freedom major goal is to make sure that farmers can abuse animals in any way they want and also you know spread misinformation like soda pops good for you and that fast food is healthy these are all things that Consu center for consumer freedom is pro doing it's also worth knowing the center for consumer freedom has recently come specifically you can tell where their money comes out from because they of who they like to target the Center for Consumer Freedom is paid for people like Pepsi and McDonald's and other companies like that. The Center for Consumer Freedom is not your friend, because even though that's how they're pitching themselves to you, as people who just want to, hey, we believe that you as the consumer should be able to make all your own decisions. What that really means is there should be no standards in government for this work, and that you, the consumer, should have to make your own choices as to whether something is good or bad for you to consume. Of course, with a company like the Center for Consumer Freedom out there putting out misinformation about which things are healthy or not healthy, I mean, it sort of makes you think that they don't actually give a shit about you making informed decisions because they make all their money from fucking Pepsi. The Center for Consumer Freedom is not your fucking friend. Russia Today is not your friend. Russia Today is not your friend. I'm sorry, we can't trust them as a news source because they're run by, you know, the state of Russia. They are an arm of the state. And if they're not the arm of the state the same way that NPR is technically state-funded media, because NPR still ultimately gets most of its money from contributors like you and, you know, conservative think tanks like the Heritage Foundation and other various philanthropic companies. Uh, however, Russia Today is essentially English-language propaganda from Russia. You need to ask yourself, why does Russia need to have a news program that specifically broadcasts news English-speaking countries outside of Russia. Oh, is it so that they can influence us and our opinions? Oh, no, I, I guess that would make sense, wouldn't it? Russia Today has also done lots of weird shit, you know, like misrepresent footage of, of drills as crisis actor training. You know, spread various conspiracy theories about the United States government. Don't get me wrong, sometimes conspiracies about the United States government are real. Totally. But that's not what they're doing. That's not what they're doing at all. I'm not saying that everything Russia Today says is wrong. What I'm saying is, is you can't really trust Russia Today as a credible news source about anything that relates directly to Russia. Because this is Russia telling the world about Russia. They're not going to come out and say, oh, by the way, our president's a psychopath. 
who's invading a country imperialistically. No, they're going to come out and justify that invasion in any way that they can. Which is fun, because here's, here's the reality. At the end of the day, whatever reason they would come up with, whether it was true or made up, would still be an end result of Russia being imperialistic and invading another country. Because that's the material outcome. The imperialism is the material outcome. You can't be anti-imperialist and support what Russia is doing. You just can't. You just can't. I'm not saying Ukraine is innocent. I'm not taking any stance on whether Ukraine is good or a bad country. I'm just saying that technically the country invading Ukraine is the one committing, you know, the imperialism. And so you can't really trust Russia's today's opinion on that. Jeff Bezos is not your friend. Jeff Bezos. Oh my god. Jeff Bezos, a man whose secret to success is that he traveled the multiverse to find the world without Superman and then just set himself up as Jeff Bezos so that no one would know that Lex Luthor had come here to slowly take over our world. Because lo and behold, that bald bastard son of a bitch. You need to be worried about Jeff Bezos. Everyone should be fucking worried about Jeff Bezos, says a guy who still buys stuff on Amazon and has an Amazon Prime account. I do that shit. But here's why you need to be worried about Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos has slowly been building an empire. Jeff Bezos has been buying food distributors. Jeff Bezos has been, has been building his own distribution infrastructure, okay? And we need to start, and you need to start worrying about that. When Jeff Bezos controls so much of the economy, that's gonna be a problem. You should be concerned that Jeff Bezos is, is buying up Whole Foods. You should be concerned that Jeff Bezos is slowly be making himself the marketplace middleman for companies all over the country. Because this will mean that Jeff Bezos has direct control over certain parts of the economy's functioning. And the only way to deal with it is literally to buy from anywhere fucking else. Ain't that a son of a bitch? Jeff Bezos is also buying up media and news and film networks. Jeff Bezos is going for the whole goddamn fucking nugget here, bitches. Jeff Bezos is someone you need to be alarmed about. Jeff Bezos is planning to go to the moon. Why would Jeff Bezos want to go to the moon? Probably because there's no law on the fucking moon. And that's what all billionaires really want, is an opportunity to treat their employees like absolute fucking garbage. Jeff Bezos is not your friend. Jeff Bezos has a mega yacht. That's a yacht so big, you can fit another yacht inside it. Jeff Bezos paid a country to rebuild and change the functioning of a historic bridge so that he could fucking fit his yacht in their goddamn harbor. Jeff Bezos is not your friend. Jeff Bezos does not give a fuck about you. Jeff Bezos would step on your child's fucking neck to get to the top. You cannot, under any circumstances, trust Jeff fucking Bezos. Next up, The Wall is not your friend. And no, I'm not talking about this, the Pink Floyd song here, buddies. I mean that wall that Donald Trump wanted to build around the border. Why is The Wall not your friend? Well, let me put it this way. Have you seen The Forever Purge? Well, if you haven't, you probably should.
because it'll tell you exactly why the wall is a really bad fucking idea. The thing you're not thinking about right now is that when we build a wall between ourselves and other countries, we're not just making it harder for them to get into our country, we're making it harder for us to get out of our country. In the event that there was a horrific coup in our country or some type of mass state violence or insurrection or, you know, they started or they started putting people in concentration camps or, you know, like any of those things Republicans are afraid they're actually going to do at any moment now with FEMA. Yeah, if they actually did any of that, you would not want a wall to be there because you would want to get the fuck out of this country. And if you live down south, like many Republicans do, your best way out of this country is through that fucking wall. So as you sit in your house and are afraid of Joe Biden, try to think to yourself how glad you are that wall didn't get finished. Because if you ever did need to flee this country in a hurry, you'd want to figure out where the wall wasn't. Make sense? Okay. Moving right along. The Republican Party are not your friends. The Repo they just aren't. The Republican Party is a bunch of performative clowns who do one thing and say another. That should really be the other way around. But the point is, is that in the competition of evil versus stupid, the Republicans are evil. They actively want to use scapegoats in society to burn our society to the ground. They want you to be afraid of minorities and trans people and gay people. They want you to be concerned that these are the people who are going to ruin your society and take your children from you. But of course, this is bullshit. They're just trying to make you afraid. They want to make you worry about things like abortion and grooming. Don't get me wrong. There are people out in the world who want to groom your children. But it's not the school system doing that. It's not liberals, not trans people. It's individuals who are perverts and disgusting and who abuse children or child traffickers. But you see, the thing about those people is that those people are unidentifiable versus the regular populace. Psychopaths and murderers can look like anyone and that their sexual orientation and gender don't matter. But it's easier to try and pin those things on things that we can see. Because then it makes us feel safer, because then we can be like, oh no, I can see that's probably a woman with a penis. Wait. Is it? No, I, I mean, it looks like there's a bulge in that dress. Is that how you want to spend your life? Checking dresses for bulges? What happens when you get... <laughs> you think you're dating a trans person, then turns out just a woman with an incredibly bushy bush? What are you, you going to do with your life? Get over yourself and stop being a weirdo Republican Party. Admit that you're robbing the American people of money. Admit that your admit that your policies are not designed to help the working class. They're designed to help billionaires. And those are the top. Because they keep admitting that they've read Atlas Shrugged. And if they've read Atlas Shrugged, and if you understand Atlas Shrugged, then you should know the Republican Party is not your friend. They don't give a fuck about you. They're waiting for you to die in a train that goes through a tunnel that's too long and you all suffocate from the smoke. That's what Republicans are waiting for. The Democratic Party is not your friend. The Democratic Party is full of... is a mess. It's made up of weak-willed conservatives who basically just want the Repub... who just are mad they can't be the Republican Party and get all that popularity. So they want to keep pushing the Democratic Party 
further and further towards the right because we've gone past the center at this point. We're going hard to the right. The majority of Democrats are liberals. And for those who don't know the difference between a liberal and a leftist, it's simply this. Liberals support the major economy of capitalism. So their solutions are only going to be mildly different than the conservatives. They still ultimately want Jeff Bezos to be rich. They still ultimately want Elon Musk to be rich. They would just like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk to pay a little bit more taxes. Or at least they'd like to say that to us to make sure that we think that they want Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk to pay more taxes. But, you know, so far no one's done anything about that shit. And that's ultimately the problem with the Democratic Party. That they are ineffective. They do not affect change. They promise change. And sure, sometimes they gradually get some shit done incrementally. But it's always half measures, like Obamacare which is really not that different from the previous care, other than they streamlined it to make it easier to get people covered. And that's it. It's still on a market. It's still basically private insurance companies. It's not government insurance. And if you thought it was government insurance, you're wrong and you're stupid and you got lied to, probably by the Republican Party or Fox News. I didn't put Fox News on this list. Oh, I know, we'll get, I mean, in a way I did. We'll get to that. Russia is not your friend. Russia's not your friend. Russia's never been your friend. What the fuck are you even talking about? Russia is run by Christian nationalists right now. Russia's not your friend. Christian nationalists aren't your friend. Actually, that's the next thing on the list. Christian nationalists. Russia and Christian nationalists are not your friend. Christian nationalism stand, goes against everything the Founding Fathers believed in. You know, when they created the separation of church and state. Christian nationalism goes directly against that. That's against what the American founders suggested. It's worth knowing that while there were Christian American founders, founders of America, there were also, you know, atheists and deists. Actually, many of the founding fathers identified as deists, which is kind of like saying, hey, I believe in Jesus, but I didn't really go to church this Sunday. I just want to, let's all just chill, baby. Hey, Franklin, you getting drunk over there? Oh, he's fucking a whore. All right, deism. Okay, I, that was an exaggeration of deism. I made deism sound way too sweet. Uh, but the point is, is that these were basically people who believed in God, but didn't really practice religion. In fact, there was a, who was it? One of the founding fathers took the Bible and a razor blade, and he literally cut out anything that made Jesus sound like he was divine from the Bible, and only kept in his teachings. That's pretty fucking wild for a founding father. Jefferson? I want to say that was Jefferson. I got off track here. Oh yeah, Christian nationalists. Christian nationalists are not your friends. Christian nationalists are one step removed from Nazis. Only, they wouldn't get along with real Nazis because some Nazis are pagan. Christian nationalists are just fascist pieces of shit. If you genuinely believe that your religion is so important that you can lord it over an entire society, it's a problem. And we recognize this as a problem when other countries do it. When we look at Saudi Arabia and we see them do it, we're like, hey, boo, Saudi Arabia. Except, of course, not really, because we sell Saudi Arabia million, millions of dollars worth of weapons, hundreds of millions of dollars worth, worth of weapons, and uh, we ignore their involvement in 9-11, and it, you get the idea. Anyways, fuck Christian nationalists. Rich people. Rich people are not your friends, especially not in America. 
don't get me wrong, there might be a few rich people that are good eggs. And also, when I talk about rich people, it's important to note, millionaires, like the low-level millionaires who are worth like one or two million, you're not considered super rich anymore. I'm sorry, you're just like, what, upper middle class? I'm not talking about you. The, the bar has been moved, and Jeff Bezos is looking to move it again to trillionaire, okay? Multi-millionaires, maybe they're kind of a problem. I'll give you that one. The truth of the matter is, is that rich people's lives are different than ours. They have advantages throughout society that we don't have. They have freedoms that we don't have. And until we start to acknowledge that and understand that, rich people will never be our friends. Rich people's interests do not align with ours. Because rich people have very narrow, short-sighted interests, which basically rely, result in their own self-interest. Rich people are not your friend. And if they were, they'd put more of that money into making society better instead of buying mega yachts. The government is not your friend. The government is a necessary evil. The government, if it functioned properly, would merely be a regulatory body to make sure that corporations and banks and media companies didn't run roughshod over human beings and our rights and civilization itself. The government should, in my opinion, the government's major function should be to make sure that the people of this country are looked after and took care of. The government, that should be the government's function, to make sure that America is the best country that it can be, while promoting democracy and freedom. However, government is also, especially even in a democracy, prone to abuse. The government can be run, the government can be taken over or run by people who suck. And ultimately that is the major problem, is that people suck. Which is 100% the reason we need the government to deal with the fact that people suck. But that's also 100% the reason we can never 100% trust the government is also because people suck and people run the government. Now you might say, but Ruben, if, if that's the problem, well, then maybe we should get rid of the government. Yeah, but you're failing to see the bigger picture, which is that people suck. And if we got rid of the government, there would be no one to deal with the fact that people suck. And people would just go around sucking and shitting on each other and murdering each other, and it would be bad. And you could be like, Ruben, there's no evidence that would ever happen. Are you fucking high? Are you fucking high? Have you ever read American history? Do you not know about the Old West? Are you fucking stupid? Read a goddamn book. Read a goddamn book. And by that I mean a history book. The Wild West is exactly what happens with less government. In a, in a world with no government, half the people you know would already be dead. Either because there was no way for them to protect themselves, or because when society broke down, there was no one there to protect those who couldn't protect themselves. Because only that is the thing. Without government, there is no one to protect the weak. And anything that would fill that void would really just be another type of government. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you can't get rid of government. There will always be something that will essentially fill the same place as government. Sure, the ANCAPs are all like, Hey, we don't need the governments. But what that would only result in is that eventually someone would become rich enough or control enough resources that they would become the government. And probably an autocratic one. ANCAP theory has no basis in reality. 
and has no solutions for the power vacuum that would be created by government. Also, you have to understand that if we just, we can't, we couldn't be able to just throw ourselves into an ANCAP society because, well, wouldn't you have to divide everything up first, you know, to make sure that once you entered the ANCAP society, there weren't certain entities or people or corporations that owned enough of a specific uh, resource that they could, you know, abuse that fact to become a de facto government? And capitalism has no solution for that. It just doesn't. Who else is not your friend? The insurance companies are not your friend. Insurance companies, holy shit. I used to work in insurance. And let me tell you a thing. They're not your friends. They've never been your friends. They are not your friends. Insurance companies are kept in check by regulations. And if those regulations weren't there, they would fuck you. They would fuck you right over. Not only that, but insurance companies are essentially privatized taxes. There's literally nothing that insurance companies do that couldn't be done by the government for less money. Well, less money from you, the individual. Because you see, insurance companies, how much they charge you and whatnot is based on a pool, which is the number of people who are in your insurance plan which is the number of people they need to get money from to cover the cost of your insurance plan, which is how taxes work. Do you see where I'm going with this? Except when we pay taxes, the pool is meant to be everyone in the country, which means that, you know, ultimately, anything the insurance company offers you, taxes would always offer you for less. And that's a secret of insurance that no one wants to tell you. I'm not saying that all insurance policies should be government, tax-based. I'm just telling you, in general, that's the truth about insurance. That's the truth about it. <clears throat> the stock market is not your friend. The stock market is a bad idea thought of by failed communists. The stock market is a waste of your time. I'm not saying you should invest in it. If you can make money off the stock market, I guess I would encourage you to do that. But you need to understand that the stock market is a bunch of bullshit made up to create middlemen and a way to fund things and spread money around. It's largely just investment bullshit. The stock market is not your friend. And without, if you're not investing with someone who has a, some stated fiduciary responsibility, something Trump tried to take out of regulations, then they have no reason to protect you. The truth is, is that stock sharehold, shareholders are a problem. They make it harder to run businesses and to get things done. So, yeah, the stock market, kind of a fucking problem. Not your friend. NFTs are not your friend. Prove they're not a scam. Prove them to me right now. Huh? You can't? Yeah, I can't wait for that bubble to burst. It's going to be hilarious. Best of luck. Hopefully some real artists make some money. But, you know, most of it's just content. And some content doesn't meet the minimum requirements for art. Capitalism is not your friend. Capitalism is not your friend. It sounds simple. It sounds juvenile. I mean, I could say that communism, socialism is not your friend really either. But I want to focus on capitalism. Because right now, a lot of people believe that capitalism is their friend. You believe that. But the truth is, is that capitalism as we understand it hasn't existed for as long as you think it has. I'm not opposed to free trade. I'm not opposed to exchange of goods for money. I'm not opposed to market demands. 
I'm just telling you that everyone who has tried to make capitalism sound important has ultimately held up or protected systems that hurt and exploit people. Because ultimately, most of capitalism is exploitative. And I could go into a whole thing on it, but honestly, I'm getting kind of tired because I'm sick as hell. <clears throat> and also, I'm going to attack capitalism in so many more episodes. But capitalism is not your friend. You may have benefited from capitalism. Many people do. But that still doesn't make it your friend. The media is not your friend, especially that we live in a world where we no longer have the fairness doctrine enacted, which really destroyed America. Thanks, Reagan. If you really want to be protected from the media having unfair biases, then we need to bring back the fairness doctrine, something that Ronald Reagan for some reason thought America didn't need. Maybe it was because it allowed Fox News to be developed, who are also not your friend. But here's the reality. The media, regardless of their beliefs, are not your friend. The media is a coke addict chasing a line of coke called ratings. They just want good numbers so that they can sell advertising so that they can make money. So the next time you see something go in or out of the news and you think, man, this should have been a bigger story, understand that what didn't become a bigger story because people, not enough people watched it. Not enough people cared about that specific story. It didn't get the airtime that the corporation wanted. So they dropped it. That's why stories get buried. That's why stories fall off. Because you, because good journalism doesn't draw the same attention as sensationalism. And that's ultimately why you can't trust the media. Because the media wants your money. And anyone who wants your money is willing to sell you something that you don't necessarily need, but that you think you want. And last on the list today, social media. Social media is not your friend. Social media don't get me wrong, there are many good things about social media, but at the end of the day, the only difference between social media and the media I just referred to is that you're involved with social media. The only difference is that the people who are being exploited for content are you. Now you can, and you can view that as one of two ways. Either you can view it as this is your opportunity to get yourself out there and maybe get noticed, or you can realize that social media makes money off of you whether you make money at all. Social media proves that people will do things for free. Social media proves that Americans and people in general want attention more than we want anything else. Social media is not your friend. Social media does not show you the world as it really is. Social media shows you the world as algorithms think you would like to see it. Because ultimately, social media and everyone else on this list are the same. They want your money. They want your attention. They want your approval. And they want you to give them what they need the most. Which is any of those things I just said. So try to remember. These things are not your friends. That doesn't necessarily mean they're your enemies either. It just means they're not your friend. None of these things I just talked about have your interest at heart. Sometimes your interest might align with theirs. But you have to understand, 
that's different than them being your friend. We can sit around and say, oh, hey, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but that's not true. Your enemy could have a lot of enemies, and some of them might not like you either. I'm Ruben Ryan. Thank you for listening. Please share this podcast with anyone that you know. Like, subscribe, I don't know. I mean, sure, some of the platforms I'm on don't have a like button. But follow, subscribe, whatever. Give me some feedback. Go to my anchor. Leave me a voicemail. I'd love to hear what you have to say. All right. Thank you for listening. Your only real friend, Ruben Ryan. Give me money. Insert comedic in scene here. Oh, we don't have the budget for it? Well, you know, if people decided they wanted to give us some money, maybe we'd have a budget for a for a comedic scene right here. What do you guys think? Does that sound good to you? If we were getting paid, we'd have a comedy scene right here? Yeah, that sounds about right.